Welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies. My name is Melissa Torito. And I am Maggie Robinson. And this is a podcast with with no no agenda. We would love if you guys would subscribe to the podcast and that way you never miss a new episode. Additionally, when you subscribe, if you could rate and review, we would really appreciate that as well. We are also on social media, both Instagram and Facebook, so please give us a follow at Louisiana Ladies Podcast. And Maggie? You can reach us at our email address, louisianaladiespodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back to another episode of Louisiana Ladies, and today we have, I'm going to say, one of the most special guests on our podcast, and it is my dad. Say hey, dad. Say hey to everyone. Hello. (laughs) He's trying to text my cousin Carly, because Carly got married this weekend, and dad uh, did a drone video for Carly, which we'll talk about in just a second, but um, how you doing today, Maggie? I'm doing good. Doing good, even though we apparently live in Seattle now or whatever city that is that rains all the time. Yes. Good grief. Makes me really sleepy. It's just depressing. <laughs> so um, anyway, so I do want to talk about the wedding weekend in Grand Isle. And Dad's coming on at a very appropriate time because we just had this wedding. <clears throat> so Carly's my cousin that was the one that I talked about. We went to the bachelorette party. And so the entire, I'm pretty sure it was the entire Mom's side of the family was there, right, Dad? Yeah, I, think, I believe so. I don't think we were missing anyone. Okay. No. So, I've said this before. Um, our family is a lot. Wouldn't you say, Dad? Oh, we're- absolutely. <laughs> we have a very interesting dynamic. So, uh, Patrick and I ended up staying with my cousin, Pay. Yes, Dad? But we don't have any drama. No drama. No. <laughs> Every family has drama. But uh, Patrick and I ended up staying with my cousin Paige, um, who Paige was telling me this weekend that she didn't realize how close me and her were until she listens to the podcast. So Paige was saying that, you know, she listens to the podcast and I bring her up about 40% of the time, which I think that's probably a little more than I actually bring her up. But I don't know. Paige has been a part of my life forever. Mm-hmm. So we stayed with her and Blake and their three kids who, they're adorable. They are adorable. Avery, Grace, Chloe, and then Jude. Cute. Cute. Yeah. So she kept, she was worried that the kids were going to bother me. I'm like, your kids, I, don't, I didn't even really notice the kids. Like, I don't even think Jude cried once. But I have to talk a little bit about Blake, okay? Because Blake is, um, Uncle just texted me and said he wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the family campaigning to be on the podcast. So Blake is Paige's, Blake is Paige's husband. He is a CRNA, um, you know, and he's just funny to me because I feel like when he's at work, he's really serious, kind of like Garrett Tram, my brother-in-law. But man, when Blake is having fun, he's having fun. And so we end up waking up on Saturday and probably you know, start having cocktails or day drinks around. Well, I think Blake, it was like 930 in the morning. Okay. So have a great day. It's beautiful. It it was, Carly could not have asked for more perfect weather in grand. Like it was not hot, not a cloud in the sky. It was beautiful. So this, I, I don't know why Patrick keeps saying it. He doesn't understand why I think this is so funny. I think this is hilarious. So the babysitter shows up. I don't know if Paige knew this babysitter or she was referred, but the babysitter looks like she's in high school, okay? Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. So Blake is trying to make small talk with this babysitter. And so he asks her, have you ever babysat before? She was like, yeah, I have a younger brother and I babysit like on the island. And I'm just like, I would hope that she would have babysat before. And then 10 minutes later, he must have just forgotten that he asked that question and asked her if she had any kids of her own. I said, Blake, she's like 14 years old. He's like, I don't know. It's hard for me to reenact this. But he just was like really trying to make some small talk. And I just kept chuckling about that. I wish I could reenact that. Like, he was kind of serious. Like, so do you have any kids? And she was like, no. (laughs) Anyway. Maybe I'm the only one that thinks that's funny. I just thought, Blake, well, you're asking the dumbest question. Because 
most of your babysitters are not mothers. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would you? <laughs> I ask just don't ask? think he could figure out what else to ask her. So that being said, we went to the wedding. Dad was videoing on the drone. Tell the audience if that's a challenge, Dad. Well, uh, it's a challenge since I've never done it before. That's a pretty good challenge. It's a You've challenge. done the drone. You just haven't done a wedding. No, I haven't done a wedding before. I'm sorry, Missy. I'll be more explicit. But um, <laughs> anyway, if you got to drone a, vi- a video for a wedding, which is a little bit of pressure, right? I mean, oh, you're, yeah. The- Bridezilla, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't really worried about Carly. Carly was not a bridezilla. I'm more worried about some other members of the family <laughs> that may not like the drone video. So, <laughs> anyway, so you, there was no preparation. I mean, I can't just run to Grand Island, look the place over, and scope it out. I mean, if I was really going to do this, I guess, professionally, mm-hmm. I would go to visit the site first and find out where I need to stand to fly and what shots I want to get and stuff like that. It was just totally winging it. We were in the middle of where everybody was sitting down to take the drone off. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when the drone when the drone flies, you, I guess you've heard them before, they're pretty loud, and they're kind of disruptive. I would like not have been in the middle of the chairs, you know, to take the drone off. So that was a little bit of a challenge. But I think we got some really good shots because we decided to catch the procession coming down the pier. Wow. So we were able to catch the procession down on the ground. Your Uncle Phil did that. And I caught the procession from the rear aerial from the drone. So the procession is going to look nice once we edit it. So okay. I think overall for an amateur, it's going to come out. She's going to be happy with it. Carly was the easiest going bride, I feel like. She so, is. She's laid back. Yeah. So um, I'm sure she's going to appreciate that. She just was, in fact, Carly just texted Dad. Dad, you're, you're popular this morning. Carly texted you. Phil's calling you. And this is what happens when you have a large family. So Carly <clears throat> wanted to know if the drone video was ready. She just got married. If we're recording on a Tuesday, she just got married on Saturday. Anyway, um, but love you, Carly. Really excited and happy for you. So anyway, so we go to the reception, you know, and my jam is a DJ. I'm just like bouncing all over the place. And I will say that Paige was in her party mode. We'll just say it like that. There's two types of Paige. One is party Paige and one is not party Paige. She wasn't partying? On Friday night, she wasn't really partying. Saturday night, she was I, oh, I kept okay. telling her she was like Frank the Tank in Old School, that movie Old School. <laughs> because <laughs> No, she was, it was funny. She was dancing. I'm just saying she was just a different person than Friday night. So we end up going out. I don't really go out. I think I went out because all my cousins were going out. And I've got two younger cousins. Well, I've got three younger cousins. I'd say Chandler's what, 20, Dad? 2021? I think so. Walker's like 23. 22. Mm -hmm. Emily might be in the middle of them too. Right. Okay. So Chandler and Walker live in Alabama and they have their entire lives. So we see them for holidays and maybe a few other times during the year and they're adorable and very proud of them. I think Walker just graduated in civil engineering and Chandler is majoring in electrical engineering. Anyway, proud cousin. But I looked at Chandler at one point because, you know, it was getting late and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to go out. And he was like, come on, Missy. And I was like, I am twice your age, Chandler. And he goes, no way. (laughs) Like, dead serious. Like, you're almost 40? Yes, I am, Chandler. I am. So anyway, to prove my youth, (laughs) I went out with the young kids and Never a good idea, but the benefit of staying out to 1.30 in the morning is I woke up the next day with 2,500 steps because I was dancing. So I started the day with 2,500 steps um, and proceeded to chug some liquid IV like it was <laughs> nobody's business. So anyway, so that was the other thing that happened. And then at the reception, I had several family members campaigning for them to be on the podcast. Yes. They really want to be on the podcast. And so I decided this weekend, I always talk about the big family and I throw out the number of people, just kind of an arbitrary number, but I actually listed everybody, dad, on both sides. And this is wives, husbands, partners, second cousins. The total number of family members is around 75 on both sides of my family, okay? So we could have one family member on this podcast a week if you take out the kids, and that would be an entire year of podcasting. Yeah, 
Would be. That's crazy. So when I say it's a lot, I'm not exaggerating. It's a lot of people. Um, but yeah, they are campaigning to be on the. Po- in fact, my cousin Todd was like, "Missy, I don't think like I have a lot to talk about." I'm I like, wonder. Okay. I wonder how much of that was liquid courage, or like they actually do want to be on it. They do. They do, Maggie. They're we're a bunch of hams. Okay. They really are. <laughs> Center of attention. Phil, her uncle Phil. I mean, I think he's mad. Yeah, my he asked. Him. He asked, "Why did RL get to come on before me?" I said, "Well, because he's my dad. He gets a little bit of privilege when it comes to that, right?" And tell him what he said. He's a world-renowned artist. Oh, I'm a world-renowned artist. I had a contract with Hallmark, you know, which is true. Do not, Uncle, we love you, and you are talented. But I did have to explain to him that we are booked for guests. Is he the one that did the comic strip? Yeah, he's the one that did our comic strip. Yeah, he's talented. He is talented, and he's an artist, and he's he's fantastic. And we reminisced over the times that we had with him when we were kids, and that he couldn't believe that mom and dad let me and Megan go to New Orleans with him. Bye. You know, to the river walk when we were kids. Anyway, all right. So that's our that was basically our entire weekend. Yeah. Right. And then it was Mother's Day on Sunday. So happy Mother's Day to everyone out there, aunts, dog moms. I feel like I told Patrick it's Mother's Day, and I am a great aunt. And oh, and also wives. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm like a mom sometimes to my husband, Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your wedding. You had a wedding too. Yeah, we. Um, my cousin got married, and they rented out a pavilion at Fountain Blue State Park, and it was a gorgeous day. Uh, talk about big families. We have some family that were out of town from Colorado, and they've only been to Louisiana three times. Mm. So they get we get all our big families together, and they're like. You know, so-and-so, you know, so-and-so. It's like, really, I haven't seen these people in a long time. And it's it's a lot of people, but we had a lot of fun. There was um Are y'all wild like my family, or are y'all a little bit more subdued? I would say, uh, I don't know, like kind of nuts. Oh, okay. That makes me feel better. Dad, there's other families like ours. Everybody, once you put all those different personalities together, it can get kind of crazy. But uh, my cousin is in a band, and they set up, and played music and I was like dang I miss live music yeah it was so much fun yeah and you don't realize like the next day my legs were so sore Mm -hmm. from dancing and I really wasn't like it didn't seem like I was doing anything crazy but just being up all day you don't sit down because you're just talking to everybody and it was a lot of fun so um I'm sure y'all don't remember this boy band do y'all know new kids on the block Mm -hmm. okay so they played I think it's like step by step okay Mm -hmm. they played that at the wedding Paige is like, what song is this? I'm like, you're 32. This yeah. is not like, and so then they cut the song off because literally nobody was dancing except for like me and Megan <laughs> and a few of the other people. And I was like, guys, it's new kids on the block. What yeah. is the deal? Come on, y'all. Good grief. <laughs> so all of my ladies that are, that are my age, I mean, I think that was like a big thing when I was in, well, I'm going to go with like sixth grade. I was at Best Child Care. I remember getting the, the album. All right. So moving on. Word of the episode. Word of the episode. Word up. Maggie, you're up. What's the word of the episode? The word of the episode. Oh, my goodness. Ragamuffin? A person, typically a child, in ragged, dirty clothes. That's a very random word. Thank you, Lainey. You're welcome. (laughs) Ragamuffin. All right. So now we're going to go on to our shout-out. Shout-outs. And we have a couple of shout-outs. Um, so Devin Lemoyne, who is my business coach and she's with Success Labs. She's the owner of Success Labs. She came and spoke at our women's initiative, which we haven't done since 2019, um, due to COVID. So it was great to get all the ladies together in the office. We did it at Mestizos. Thank you, Jim, who is going to be a podcast guest. And so we did it at Mestizos where Devin could present. She talked about, I thought the topic was really fitting to anyone and everyone. And it was managing your career, right? Yes. In in crazy times. In crazy times. And I felt like there were a few takeaways that could apply to everyone. Mm -hmm. So can you reiterate the golf ball story? Do you remember that? I do. So there was... Devin, I hope it's okay that we're saying this, but go ahead. Yeah, we're stealing your story, but we really like it. It's a great story. (laughs) They built a golf course in Asia, I think. I don't remember exactly what country she said, but um, in Asia. And 
they're like, we need golf here. We're going to bring it here. So they built this golf course and they didn't realize this when they built it, but there is a lot of monkeys in this country that they were in. And so um, they would golf and the monkeys were very enticed by the golf ball. <laughs> so they would want to play with it and they'd move it around. And um, so they're like, what are we going to do? You know, this doesn't make for very good golf when the monkeys are always moving the ball. So they tried to move the monkeys out and they couldn't do it. They kept coming back. I feel like they built back. a couple of walls or something and, and they're monkeys. So they just climbed over the right. wall. And then they tried to build walls and that didn't keep the monkeys out. So, um, it ended up being like, you're just going to play where the, where your ball lands. So sometimes the monkeys would help you out. You would be in the rough and the monkey would move your ball into the green. And then sometimes you'd get a good shot and they would move it into the rough. So the moral of the story was play where your ball lands. Because sometimes we don't have control over that. Right. You know, almost like play the hand that you're dealt, you know, yes. it's similar to that. And I just feel like, especially in, a, in the COVID world where we didn't have control of a lot of things, mm-hmm. I thought that that really was true. And dad is my basically second business coach. And so, you know, there's things that we can control and there's things that we can't control. So thank you, Devin, for that. Thank you, Jim um, and Mestizos. It was fantastic. The food was great. The drinks are always great there. And then we do want to give a shout out because we have just like been rocking and rolling with our guests. So all of our previous guests um, appreciate everybody coming on and taking time out of your day to do that. We are thinking just a little teaser of doing a Louisiana Ladies Social with our guest. So working out the logistics of that, but you know, I think it'd be fun. Moving on to our palm, the proud of myself moment is actually something that you told me, dad, that you thought of. Do you remember this? Do you know what I'm talking about? You told me Sunday morning when I asked you, and we can go ahead and talk about this because this is going to come out after this happens, but what you thought about for mom's birthday, what you're going to do? Are you still going to do this? (laughs) Why are you looking at me? <laughs> when do you publish this? Monday. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, plan on it, yeah. Uh, well, can you say it? Oh, I'm going to say what it is. <laughs> I'm curious. I, 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 I thought this was great. Was. Was She's kind of, you know, the longer you're married, the harder it is to buy your spouse a birthday present, especially when you ask her what she wants and she says nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Uh, fall into that trap one too many times. So anyway, um, I am going to give her some casino money, cash, and take her to the casino, uh, Barvage, and then we'll have dinner that night. Oh, yeah. nice. So, so that's he's going to give her. Just a playful. A day yeah. with me. But he told me that. He said, I'm going to give her a birthday card with cash, and I'm going to take her to the casino to Barvage for the day. And I was like, that is a great idea. And he said, I know. I was kind of proud of myself. <laughs> and I was like, good. It can be our bomb for the week. Yeah. So I think she's really going to enjoy that. And I think the weather will have cleared up by that point. I think, you know, a lot of, we don't need things usually. So right. I try to give gifts. I'm like, giving an experience is I think that's a really cool gift. Anytime you can give someone like an, a, a memory or something. And your time. Mm-hmm. You know, just be with them sometimes. Just is that is that Anne's love language? Is it quality time? Does she? Do you know what love language is? I do. Dad? I read the book. <laughs> you read the book? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. A long time ago. Probably. Yeah. What's so. your love language? But It's five, right? Right. Physical touch, quality time, acts of service. Words of affirmation. And gift giving. And gift giving. The second one. Acts of service. What does that mean? Meaning you like for people to do nice things for you. Like if I were to. I'm talking to the wrong person. Maggie, what's that mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently Maggie has a book memorized. Yes, Maggie knows. <laughs> I'm a big proponent of the five love languages. I mean, it, it's been like. It is true though. Paramount I mean, really in my marriage. I would say Anne's too. Used to be gift giving. Mm-hmm. I mean, she liked And they that. do change. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I think she's changed from that. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe yours. I think mine is acts of service. It's my love language. That is what I'm We're, doing? Basically. Okay. Patrick's is definitely quality time because that man loves to spend time with me. Oh, that's sweet. It is sweet. <laughs> <laughs> love you, babe. Okay, so, good gosh, this opening segment is long. But our guest has been a part of it. So, Another actual announcement is um, our Emily Klein. (laughs) Like, I feel like she's like our, she's like the Kate Cook, you know, they're kind of in the background. They come up with ideas. She recommended an app to me and called Book Club Z. I'm sure that's supposed to be book clubs. (laughs) Okay. 
And it's a way where you can establish a book club and you can keep the books on there and you can schedule meetings and stuff like that. So it's just a way to organize your book club. So I sent her an email because you have to invite people via email. And um, she was kind of my test subject for it. So this is an announcement and we can post this. We'll post this on social media too, that if you want to be a part of this app, you need to direct, send us a a DM or send us an email and let us know you want an invitation to it. If you are interested in the book club, Um, we will have two book club options for June. I'm not going to announce those yet. I know what they are. Everybody, it'll be the next week. I think we'll do it the next week. People will vote on which one they want to do, right? People can read either one. Okay. I'm thinking I'm leaving it open-ended. Okay. Leaving it open-ended, people can read either one. They're going to be a little bit lighter than this one that neither one of y'all read. <laughs> nope. I'm still trying to get through the book that I started. I'm... That one's kind is of it, Is it 900 pages? Oh, it's not. Are you? How, where are you at on that book? Because I want to read it. Uh, I'm working on it. Okay. Uh, like are you... 50 pages in. Okay. Well, Dad, I need it. Like, at some point in the summer. Okay. Do you not like it? I do. I'm, tr- I'm trying to read three books. That's not a good idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Dad, focus on one. Okay. Okay. The the retired person that's too busy to read books. I have a little business. <laughs> he does. He has a side gig. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, moving on. So, let's talk about my dad. So, um, dad's actual name is Roger Lewis Major, but he goes by RL. Okay. That's his initials. But I feel like most people do not call you RL. Most people call you Mage, right? Or is that just a family thing? Family thing. Okay, but whenever I remember whenever I was younger and you would make a call in the car with a very old school cell phone that was like (laughs) attached to the car and somebody asked who was calling, you would just say Major or Roger because people couldn't understand RL. That's right. I would just say Major a lot of times. Okay. So, all right. So, Dad is from, born and raised, Baton Rouge. Correct. Never left. Correct. But you did leave for a short period of time when you got drafted. Correct. Okay. So, explain to the audience what that experience was like since our, you know, we had another Louisiana lad, Chad, that talked about his experience, too. Do you remember? Because it was kind of a long time ago. (laughs) I do, Missy. Thank you. Uh, But in a few years, I may not remember. You're right. (laughs) But we'll have this recording. See? That's right. Another benefit of the podcast. But Make you know them. what? I've never talked to my kids about this. Um, so back in the in those days, the Vietnam War was going on, raging pretty hot and heavy. And the draft, the Vietnam War lasted for ten years, and 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 young people were getting drafted and going over there. And it, uh, when you look back, it's kind of a sad story. The Vietnam War is. But uh, so we were waiting for the draft, and um, uh, the uh, draft expires every two years. So it expired, I think, in June of the year that I was drafted. So I didn't get drafted in June because they started debating to whether to really reinstitute the draft or not. So I thought I might dodge a bullet. And then in August, uh, uh, the you know everybody goes on recess for a month, and then in September. Uh, the general said they were needed more manpower in Vietnam, so they passed the draft, reinstituted the draft. So I didn't dodge the bullet. Got drafted on uh, I can't believe I can't remember the year, but it was November the ninth because my birthday is November the seventh. Mm-hmm. So I turned twenty on November the seventh. Two days later, I was at Fort Polk. Um, then you go through basic. Normally, you would go through basic training for eight weeks, and then you would go through infantry training for eight weeks, and then you would go to Vietnam. What's the difference between basic training and infantry training? I didn't go to infantry training. I would imagine it's more intense. Uh, You probably learn to shoot more different types of weapons. It's definitely, infantry is definitely preparing you to go to battle. To fight, okay. Not necessarily a trade. Uh, after eight weeks, uh, and I got lucky on basic training because I got two weeks off for the Christmas holidays, and uh, they didn't count that against my vacation. So I got to come home for Christmas after four weeks. Normally, you go eight weeks, you don't see anybody. And then uh, my next course was to go to clerk school, not inventory. 
And I don't know how I got lucky. Okay, but that's what I was going to ask. How did you get picked for that? Well, you don't really know. Uh, I took typing in high school so I could type. I, I don't know if that came out or not. I thought it was because you had flat feet. Did I make that up? No, that's me trying to get out of the draft. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm flat-footed. <laughs> no <Yeah>. arch. <laughs> so um, so went to Clark School. It's self-paced. So you'd read a book, you take a test. And it's not hard, so I finished that in three weeks. It's supposed to be eight weeks. And so since I finished early, they sent me to Stenography School in Indianapolis, Indiana for 16 weeks. And I'm thinking, if they want to train me the whole two years I'm in the service, I'm good with that. Mm -hmm. So during the 16 weeks, uh, learning shorthand, which is kind of interesting because in shorthand, if you don't want to learn shorthand, you're going to learn shorthand. I mean, the Army, as I was saying earlier, can really train you to do anything. And it was five hours a day of shorthand. And it was a fun school. I mean, the, the teacher was fun. It was really kind of nice, and I enjoyed it. And uh, from there, I got my orders to go to Ansbach, Germany, to work for the Inspector General at the 1st Armored Division in Ansbach. And I did that for a year. Got a three-month early out to go come home and go to college. So I got the VA um, college bill, you know, to pay for my college. And uh, so I got lucky with the service. And I enjoyed, as I was saying earlier, Europe. And you got to see Italy, uh, Switzerland, uh, Germany. Uh, my sister came over. Which one? You got Marion. Okay. Came over and we spent a week together traveling Europe. So. Well, that was nice of Marion. It was. You know, she was only 18. Yeah. Got There's it. no cell phones back in those days. Yeah, no, so, I don't know. So do you still know shorthand? Do you ever use shorthand? I started to use it when I came back to college, but then I have to transcribe it, and I just found it to be, you know, not worth it. So I kind of gave So up. I'm going to ask a stupid question. What were you shorthanding? <laughs> like, were um, people talking to you and you had to take notes? Well, the inspector general will take um, kind of like a court. He's the inspe- People would complain to the inspector general about certain things in the Army, and they would come in and take sworn testimony, and okay. I'd have to... Write that down and transcribe it and that kind of stuff. Okay, so you come home, so you go through that experience. Sounds like you survived unscathed. Did. So you're fortunate. Um, so you come home and you go to college and you went to Southeastern. Right. For four years. Yep. And got your degree in business. Yes. Okay, so you graduated in business and then what did you do? I went to work for Graymore Electric Supply. Okay. Well, they told me it was their manager trainee program. But what was it? But I found out corporate America doesn't always speak the truth. But anyway, so they started me in the the warehouse, and then a few, maybe six months later, I went to the counter sales, and then they sent me into inside sales. This is a five-year. I'm just going to go through my five years real fast. And then eventually I went into outside sales. Okay. And then you left, and you got a job at Siemens. Interesting story about that. You were just born. That's what I was going to ask. When did were, I? When did born, my birth happen? <laughs> you were born in November. I was early. I'd only been a salesman for maybe two years. At Siemens or at Graybar? At Graybar Electric. Okay. And I had an evaluation. Graybar Electric didn't exactly wasn't the highest paying company in the world. So uh, she was born. And I had an evaluation. A guy came in from Houston, and he told me that, uh, you know, I didn't make my sales quota and that they couldn't give me a pay raise. And it really shocked me. And I went to my desk, and I remember putting my head in my arms, and they paged me for a phone call, and it was a headhunter. And I knew I had to change jobs. I knew I had to make more money. I had a child, you know, baby. Okay, so we're going to come back to this career thing. But somewhere in this, so you were drafted. Yeah. You came back. Somehow you and mom started dating. Right? Or Y'all knew each other for a long time because y'all, the families knew each other from Terra Subdivision. Am I correct about this? And y'all played tennis. Yes, we were best friends. We did everything together. You and mom? As friends. Oh. Yeah. We played tennis. We would call each other. Her father called it a platonic relationship. So, and it was. And uh, I was a little nervous about asking her out because that's a risk with a good friend mm-hmm. that you have. 
but we fell in love pretty fast. So okay, it worked out. Okay, so then y'all dated and got married. I think mom was young. I mean, she was twenty, and you were twenty-five. Yes, and y'all, and then you had me when you were thirty. Correct. So I just like I know y'all are five years apart. So that's how I keep. Was up she twenty-one? I don't know. She was young. That's okay. young. Okay. Um, of course, Maggie got married pretty young. You were 21? I was 22. She was 22. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then, so you have, a, you, so let's just talk about my birth, okay? So. <laughs> Your favorite topic? <laughs> well, me, Dad. So, um, all right, so I'm born on November 4th, and Dad said that he almost passed out <laughs> because of all the, just the birthday and experience, <laughs> but they took me home on my dad's 30th birthday because his birthday is on November 7th. So we've like, you know, for years we've cool. always not shared a birthday, but it's been close enough. And dad has always told me that he was scared out of his mind to take this baby home. But you managed to, to make it. I did. Okay. And you had two more kids. I know, but the first one's the most difficult. Okay. That's what my sister said. When but I thought they, I was an easy baby. baby. I didn't mean missing. I didn't mean that you're difficult. <laughs> Well, Megan was a good Going child. from no kids to one kid, right? It, no, it's just your first one. I mm-hmm. mean, my baby. And we're young, you know, and, um, well, it was difficult for me. I think your mother's just a natural. She is. She was pretty calm about it. I was not calm about it. I remember when mom had Kyle and I went to go visit her. Well, first of all, she went into labor and I was six and Megan was four. And I remember this. We were mm-hmm. on the house in on Wilderness dad wakes us up. We all get in the car. And like, this is as clear as can be. Dad... Dropped mom off at the hospital, and she just yeah. went in by herself. Because she was yeah. like, I'm fine. This is my third child. The kids need to go to Mimi's yeah. house. You need to take care of the kids. I'll be fine. And I remember, like, two days later, I went to go see her. It might have been the next day. And she's just walking around the hospital, just walking around in a row. Mm-hmm. Like, everything's fine. I'm like, wow. So my mom, I've said this before. I think I've said this before on podcast. She's a natural when it comes to those infants. Like, a screaming baby does not freak mom out. She is there to comfort them. Okay. So, you end up, so the, the headhunter calls, you go to Siemens, and you do that for the next 37 years of your life. Correct. And you retired in 2019? Yes. Okay. So, was your position at Siemens similar to what Graybar was? The difference uh, is both sales position, uh, where uh, Graybar Electric is an electrical distributor, uh, Siemens is an electrical manufacturer. Okay. So you're a manufacturer's rep, which is always fun because anytime a product goes doesn't work, they call me. So uh, and it's a big company, so there's products all over the place. So yeah, and I'm sure like they sponsor. I think they sponsor NASCAR or something like that. Used, right? to, used to. Uh, they used to actually sponsor the that dome at Epcot. They did oh, that yeah, for right. many years. Uh, yeah, Dad used to get us tickets, and we got to get like a free Coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't much of a sponsor, right? <laughs> okay, so uh, so you have me. Two and a half years later, Megan comes along, and she was the more challenging infant because she didn't sleep. Correct. You you were a sleeper to me. I think when you have a young child, baby, that's a sleeper. That's always good because parents do need sleep. Uh, when you have a non-sleeper like Megan, we're, we're all irritable, you know. Yeah. Okay, so you know we can talk about a ton of things, Dad, because. I've known you for 40 years of my life. Um, But I guess when you think back to those times, especially when Kyle came along, because I'm pretty sure Kyle was a little bit of a surprise. Like, y'all were good with us. I was excited when she told me she was pregnant with Kyle. But you didn't know that he was a boy, did you? No, we didn't know. Okay. Any of them. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you, no. don't, you don't know any of them. So I guess, you know, when you're going through all of that, and, and times are so, we're, I think about growing up and how unique being my age is. Because when we were, when I was growing up, you know, I'm pretty sure we still had like the old school TVs, cell phones were, came out at some point. I remember them being in your Ford Taurus, like, you know, glued in there. Um, and so I feel like we've lived, I've personally lived a very interesting life. You know, now it's like, okay, what did I do? Like, how did I go somewhere without my cell phone? But, you know, what were some challenges about that, about, I don't know, just your life, raising kids? Um, well, you know, just raising children is a challenge. Anyway, I think it's almost more challenging now. Uh, I, I worry about parents. You know, I know parents worry about this with the Internet. Um, and access to all these 
bad stuff on the internet on the cell phone. We didn't have to deal with that. When we had computers, it was centrally located, so the, all the kids would use the computer in a, a room. Uh, but back in those days, um, it got real challenging. I think when Kyle was born, and your mother working full-time, and I'm working full-time, and you're over here, and Megan's over there, and Kyle's over here. Uh, it, it, it got, that was the hardest time I, I remember after having three children early on and your mother working full time. That was difficult. But y'all were good students, so that made that well easy. Most of us were good students. It, from grade one through eight. Oh, okay. Y'all were all three good students. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, you know, you talk about challenging times, teenage years. You know, I wish they'd ship them off and bring them back when they're 21, some of them. But anyway, that those are challenging times with an adolescent. Me trying to teach you how to drive a car was kind of challenging. At 14. At 14. Dad taught me how to drive at 14. I got my license at 15, and I got a used Mazda Protégé with 80,000 miles on it. <laughs> and I was a freshman in high school driving to high school. Like, there were, because I was older. Um, I think Patrick's parents made him wait till he was 16. Well, there's two times that a parent loses sleep. One with the baby, because the baby's waking you up, and you're losing sleep. And the second is when your child gets her or his driver's license, and you start losing sleep, because you're worried about it. Mm-hmm. I know, and I always thought, like, what are y'all worried about? You know, but it just takes a little bit of growing up to uh, figure that out. So I've said before on the podcast that I feel like you and Mom... I don't want to say strict because that can have a negative connotation, but y'all had certain expectations. Right. And I mean, like, did I ever stay home from school? No. In fact, it was my senior year. It was a skip day and dad let me skip and I couldn't believe he let me skip school. Yeah. But dad was always the, um, I'd say mom was the more of the disciplinarian. Yes. I would too. Yes. Which would be the case if I had kids. Well, actually, some one of y'all was really sick and I think she, I had to talk her out of Letting, I don't know who it was that was sick, and I had to go ask her. Look, they need to stay home. <laughs> they're, they're really, they really not are well. Sick. But I still think, and I I real I say this, and I'm not trying to offend anyone. I think kids that go to school on a regular basis, you know, and so and stay home when they need to stay home. And of course, this is pre-COVID, so nobody, you know, but need to stay home when they need. I mean, we need to stay home when it's absolutely necessary. It provides a really good work ethic. Yes, it does. Like, to this day, now when I run fever, I stay home. <laughs> but I don't really run fever, and I don't really get sick very often. And, you know, um, I, I do, I, when I think back on it, I think about how much you and mom did for us and how much y'all sacrificed for us. Because you had three kids in private school, three kids that had braces. I don't remember about the college years. I feel like I got Megan and I got tops, but there were still probably other expenses. And then you married you know, you got me and Megan both both married, which to this day, Dad, my wedding day was the best day of my life. That's good. I had so oh, much fun. Dad watches the video every year, and he's like, you are such a ham. Because I t- I've said this before. I'm like, hey, I'm walking down the aisle like I'm a celebrity, you know? Oh, but it's pretty awesome that. that that many people, go, you know, wanted to come to our wedding. And that's what I thought when I thought about Carly getting her wedding. It's the, it's the day for the bride, you know? It it's her day. And she's the star, you know, and everybody... Everybody wants at, a picture with yeah. her, you know, so um, it really... And I, I remember that. Like, I was not stressed out on my wedding day at all. I was just excited. And, you know, it was the hottest... I mean, it's 98 degrees yeah, on June 10th. Yep. Um, one of my bridesmaids threw up in the limo on yep. the way to the wedding. She was not drunk. She was riding backwards in the limo, and I don't think I don't know what it is with limos and their air conditioning. Like it was, there was no airflow. No, and she pulled took, through. The limo guy took a wrong turn. I didn't know where he was going. Yeah, and he got into some subdivision, so he was turning all over the place oh. trying to get back. I mean, I could have told him how to get to the church. Uh, I didn't know he didn't know where he was going. And I think all those turns and lack of air. Of course, it. She didn't make. Dumb. She didn't. No, but she pulled through. Yeah. You know, I had Carly was my junior bridesmaid. I was like, Carly will stand in for, for her, you know. So um, it was fine. And it didn't even bother me. Like, I was like, I kind of felt bad for her. But my wedding reception was awesome. We ended up the week of the wedding reception. We extended it by another hour. So we had to call the photographer and the DJ and to see if they could stay another hour. And I kid you not, 
I think it was one of the funnest day weddings I've ever been to. It was, and there were so many people there that were that were still there at the end. Yeah. Um. So, um, of course, we could continue to talk, but Dad, I do have a question. You've known me, like I've said, for a long time. Would you say that I am the same person today that I was back in like eighth grade? No. <laughs> He's looking at me. Like, I'm just. I felt like I was shy. You are. What do you think happened? Because I don't feel like you and Mom are like me, or I'm like you and Mom. Uh, let's see. When you were in high school, you were pretty shy, and then when you went to college, and we brought you to the dorm. You were still pretty shy, mm-hmm. actually, because you didn't rush the sorority. Mm-mm. And um, let's see, when would be your breakout, Missy? When did Missy break out? I have no probably? idea. Maybe your wedding. I don't know. I think being a teacher helped. Uh, you're, I mean, that takes, you know, teachers have got to have open houses and talk to parents and and talk in front of groups of people, which is difficult. That's why uh, I think Missy can talk front of groups of people. She got that training from, and, and that's another profession, I think, trains you very well through college uh, to prepare you to become a teacher because you student teach. Mm-hmm. And so um, they do some really good training. So you, you have to, you know, teaching takes some skills being a teacher. So, I say that all the time, that I basically do that here. Right. On the daily. You, you can know? use the skills all the time, right? Yeah, so I was just always, as I think back on it, and I tell people like Maggie, I'm like, Maggie, I was not always like this, and I don't think she believes me. <laughs> no, I can't imagine her, because she's very, I mean, you were this way so prominently. I'm like, you've been this way forever, surely. I will say, and I've said this before, just in terms of my profession, it's amazing how, you know, when you start a new job, so when I started here at Falkenwinkler, and I had no idea what I was doing, um... It's amazing how as you get more responsibilities and then when you become an owner, it's amazing how much quicker you can make a decision or how you can be more assertive than you ever thought possible, honestly, just because you have to be, you know. Um, but I, I do think coming in to Falcon Winkler, I had the four years of teaching experience, so I was probably a little bit, a lot of people describe me as bold. I get that word a lot. You're pretty bold, Melissa, and I'm hoping that's a positive connotation. Look at Lainey. Lainey's like, uh-huh. yes. But, um, okay. So, really, the, actually, now that we've talked for, you know, 45 minutes or so, the reason why I wanted you on the podcast, do you remember why I wanted you on the podcast? Pacemaker. Pacemaker. All right. So, let's just do some awareness to our audience. So, what made you, what was it that made you decide to schedule an appointment with a cardiologist? Um. Well, I need. I know what you're asking, but I need to go a little bit before that. That's fine. The symptoms of when you're having uh, your heart rate's going low is shortness of breath, and you're dizzy. And what they say is that you might people will feel like that's just part of the aging process, so they may not think too much of it. It's a medical problem. But when Missy was moving into her house, I moved a box from you know her old house to about. 20 feet to the car, and when I got to the car, I was out of breath. Now, I'd been getting dizzy, but that's the first time I felt a real serious shortness of breath, so I, I knew that was a heart problem. But I was going to drag my feet before I go see the doctor, and so like I told Missy one night, I'm sitting, I just happened to have my Apple Watch on, and it gives me an alert, and that my heart rate was below 40 beats per minute for 10 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that low. And then I thought, well, maybe the Apple Watch is wrong, but it wasn't. So I went to the doctor. He referred me to a cardiologist. They gave me something to wear that was going to monitor my heart for two weeks. And they called me the very next day and said, you can take it off. You need a pacemaker. (laughs) So that, the story of the pacemaker. So, you know, when dad was was helping us move and, you know, again, I shouted out to y'all on several podcasts because they were there. I was telling Tommy he just moved. And I said, yeah, my family was there Friday and Saturday. And on Sunday, I didn't hear a peep from anyone because they were tired, you yeah. know. Oh, yeah. Um, but Dad and I, we did the, our, you know, two and a half hour Target trip that, that weekend. But when he was kind of out of breath, you know, my memories of Dad have always been fairly, I mean, you've been a fairly active person. You've played tennis. Right. Dad and I would play in tennis tournaments. Right. And 
I can't remember if I told this story on the podcast, but I will never forget a tennis tournament that we played in. And, like, Dad and I, we don't look intimidating when we walk onto the tennis court. Like, no offense, Dad. You just, you're not an intimidating-looking guy, right? And we were going to play, I don't even remember this, and I think it was over at uh, Shenandoah or Southern Oaks. And so we were going to play um, these two people that I think they were doing, like, push-ups, you know, to warm up before the tournament. <laughs> and me and Dad are, like, balling in the ball or something like that. And we end up, we're starting to we're starting to beat them. Because let me just be honest, R.L. Major is a kick-ass tennis player, okay? <laughs> he can serve and he can ace the crap out of you, all right? Now, he will not do that to a female or, you know, he kind of he plays to the strength of his his opponent. But so we get up there, and, I mean, Dad's good, right? And I'm the one running around, okay? So Dad's like, Dad, we played forehand, and I think I played backhand, but I would still kind of run around. So we start to beat these people, and the guy conveniently gets a cramp. And he has to forfeit the game. I don't know if you remember this. And they were pissed that we, little old Missy and RL, were beating. I think we beat them like one set and we were in the middle of the second set and we were winning. Like, I think we were going to win. So dad taught me how to play tennis because Mm -hmm. I don't think I actually had formal lessons. And then you play pickleball for a little bit before COVID. He was a hot commodity. All of the ladies wanted him as his partner. Okay. He's good. Dad's good. So anyway, I guess my point was when I'm moving and I can tell that something's wrong and he's kind of trying to like blow it off, I'm thinking, I mean, you know, this might be a little bit more serious. So but the pacemaker surgery, of course, dad is also the one percent of people that they had to go back in because you could hear your heartbeat. Uh, well, I'm still like hearing a pulse. Uh, I was hearing a pulse the very next day. I could feel a pulse. And it's not painful. It's just more annoying than anything. It's just don't think you're supposed to be feeling that. So uh, I sent them an email, my cardiologist, and we came in, and they, they knew that the lead had dropped. And it's not supposed to drop. So wherever it's placed, it dropped. So they're going to have to go back in. And uh, they did that like two weeks later, maybe maybe a week and a half later. It was kind of a more painful procedure, which I was kind of surprised about that. But um, but I'm still kind of feeling the pulse, not as bad. But then there could be an adjustment. I don't know. But um, is there but, like an app on a phone? Uh, I've got Metatronics is the pacemaker. They do have an app. It got two star rating, and I can see why. It really doesn't work. They got to work on that. Well, that's a problem. So there's a little desktop uh, unit that they send you that I just use as a button. I don't know what I'm. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do with it. I just uh-huh. leave it on there. I don't know if I'm supposed. To, am I supposed to push the button? Well, Dad, do I we push might the button that out. every two weeks? I mean, I, I don't know. So uh, once. The communication is kind of lacking a little bit. So. Yeah. Well, you think they need to finish the job. The technology that they're bringing mm-hmm. to you is really amazing. So why not just finish it out and make the app Well, useful? look, I think the app would be great mm-hmm. if it worked. Mm-hmm. So, and I wish they had the app that worked. I could never get it connected. When I went in the first time, when they found out about the lead, uh, you go to the Metatronics people right there at the cardiologist. They're there. They have an office. And they told me that, okay, well, we see why the app's not working. So I leave. It still wouldn't connect. Mm. And I can see why the app got two. Usually when an app gets a two-star rating. Yeah, it's pretty bad. They got problems. Yeah. I still am amazed that your Apple Watch told you. I mean, that's really cool. So that's a lesson for our audience that the Apple Watch can come in handy. And if you're having symptoms of a low heart rate, go see a doctor. And I don't know if our audience will have those symptoms because they're in there. They're a little bit younger than you are, Dad. But they have parents. They They can convince their parents. You know, your parents um, sometimes are just so anti-technology, which I'm not. And so your parents could be kind of anti-technology, but I mean, as they age, I mean, this these devices can really give you, it gives me an EKG on the watch mm-hmm. and you can watch it, you know? And so, and, and they're going to be doing more for your health. So uh, really good. Are you feeling better? Much better now. I am. No short of breath and no dizziness. It's all gone away. And that's so worth it. I yeah. think that's worth it. Yeah. yeah. So that's really actually what made me go, Dad, you should come on the podcast. 
Um, so, Dad, um, how's retirement better? Return. Um, it's kind Wait, of, this isn't the answer I was expecting. No, well, like, reti- think of retirement. Let's say you worked here for 30 years, coming mm-hmm. into this office, you know, and you're retired, and you leave, and the next Monday you don't have to come to the office. That's a that's kind of a different thing. But I worked out of my house. So the very first day of my retirement, I'm just at the house. So I didn't have that. Um, it was stressful. I had to figure out what to do with the 401k, uh, how to invest it. I didn't know how to do that. Um, had to get your mother insurance. So it was kind of stressful. Mm-hmm. And then, um, then, like the first year, within the first year, COVID-19 hit. So how's retirement? I'm kind of want to be where we're back to normal. Everybody's going to work and I'm retired and y'all working. So I get to go to places and don't run into the crowds and all that kind of stuff and can travel. So, but overall, I'm glad to be retired. Yeah. So I feel like towards the end there, your job was really kind of wearing you out. Well, when you work for Corporate, corporate America. America and uh, kind of encourage you and Megan not to work for corporate America. Um, here's the cycle, and I don't care. I'm just going to say it. They give you a $2 million sales quota. You make your sales quota. You get a bonus. The next year, they give you a $2.3 million sales quota. So you get a $2.3 million because they want you to grow, and you do $3 million. High fives all over the place. Here's your nice bonus. Here's your $4 million quota for the next year. Well, I can't make $4 million. I know, but don't expect to make a bonus every year. So that's corporate America. And it never changes. And that's what's happened when you do that kind of stuff. So um, it, it can get pretty frustrating. Uh, then dealing with customers. is it, That's why Missy and I talk a lot because her clients and my customers... You know, same old, same old. They complain like we're a big complaint department, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the complaints I think that she gets or that I would get is that they really didn't do their job. So now that you got this problem, right? You don't want to tell them they didn't do their job because they're a customer. Right. So you're basically dealing with children, adult children with customers. <laughs> and I, finally, I told somebody one time, I said, you know, I told a young sales engineer, that was trying to just cave to this customer. I said, we're not Walmart. You know, the customer's not always right. And in our business, most of the time, they're wrong. And you might find that in your business, too, you know. And, and you can't drive over there and do it for them. You just They have to do certain things mm-hmm. so that you can do your job. Right. The old saying, help me help you, right. you know, I mean, uh, and so that got a little old after a while. But. Well, and, you know, sometimes with us, I would say that our client base, we really do have excellent clients, and I'm really not just saying that for the podcast. We are very, because what we do is so technical, most of our clients don't want to deal with it, and they know that we're watching over them, you know, but really what it boils down to is us knowing we do have I don't know if it's an advantage, but we're able to really know our clients, right? And so I'm I'm going to know that this client has a finance degree and I can talk one way to them, which is different than somebody I would talk right. to as an HR degree. And I'm talking very technical compliance stuff about a 401k plan. Don't you think that's the case, Maggie? Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, at the end of the day, I don't want to say the customer's always right, but at the end of the day, we can always do our job a little bit better in terms of that communication. That's not to say that we do not get frustrated. There are plenty of times where I've explained something and I'm like, I thought that was clear as day, you know? And so just miscommunication and expectations and managing all of that. So, um, okay, Dad, so we're going to move on to some um, questions. Ready? What is my wedding date? You really were going to do that to me. It was in June. It was a hot day. Okay. Uh, Take a stab. June what? 15th. Close. June 10th. Okay. (laughs) I knew it was middle of June. All right. What is my favorite subject? Math. Okay. Who is your favorite child? (laughs) Then don't you think we did pretty good about not doing that? Showing favoritism? Mm, Depends. Oh, well, then who would you think we showed favor to? You're going to say Megan, aren't you? Yes. Why? 
Whoa, did that just come through there? Uh, well, first of all, I don't think Megan was your favorite child. I think Megan in her teenage years knew to be pleasant. I was not a pleasant teenager, and I will admit that. And so I think that's that. She was the easiest teenager. Yeah, she was easy. She didn't like to rock the boat. You know? Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we'll move on from that awkward topic. Um, what is my favorite meal that mom cooks? I'm supposed to know that. Just wondering if you knew. I was trying to think of a question to ask you. Don't look at Maggie. She does not know. <laughs> I don't know. It's mom's roast. Like the one that's like sliced. You know, like they do it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Roast, rice, and gravy, and green beans. Yeah, yeah. Mom, I like that meal. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It's like my favorite thing ever. Oh, good turn. Yep. There you go. All right. Do you have any yes. questions for me or Maggie, Dad? Well, if you would have let me know to bring some questions, I would have thought about it. What's it like working for or with Missy, Maggie? I would say it's um it's interesting. Uh huh. It's interesting. I um not what you would expect. Yeah. Because uh, I worked in a another accounting firm, and I don't know, you don't really have close contact with the partner, the the business owner. Uh huh. And it was kind of wild. I'm like. She's like my friend. I mean, she's my friend. It's it's unusual, but it's it's fun. I'm her. I mean, I'm sitting well, here a on a podcast. Friendly with relationship, her. but Maggie has said that I I think there's a healthy dose of fear mm-hmm. with Maggie. Oh, absolutely. And Lainey's like, yes, she's terrifying. When she gets mad, yes. <laughs> the expectations are clear, though. So, was your other boss male or female? Well, uh, so. The partner that I worked under was a female. Okay. But I didn't really communicate with her like bigger, I do with her. The bigger the firm, the harder, just the reality is the harder it is for the partners, depending on how many partner to employee ratio there is, mm-hmm. it's, it's harder for them to interact. But, you know, my upbringing here, I had a lot of contact with David Winkler and I, you know, the team knows that they don't come to me for every single possible question that they have. So we have all that segregated. They know when to come to me. But, you know, I think it's, I personally think it's important for a business owner to stay engaged with their, hopefully we don't have the lightning come through Lainey's headphones, to stay engaged with their employees. Know a little bit about them. Ask them how a vacation was. That's important to me. Um, I don't know why that's important to me. I just think it oh, makes well, I a difference. I can tell you it's very important. Uh, when, I, when I was in work for Siemens, my customers were usually small business owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Electric, which was a national chain, you know, but a lot of these other electrical distributors were just kind of private-owned companies, and I've seen very bad owners and owners that, you know, didn't reach out to their employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle worked for one of them, and I know during the hurricane in Baton Rouge, they were working 12 hours a day, making all kinds of money for the owner. And you would have thought the owner would at least got them a pizza, right? You know, so or something. But they didn't really show any appreciation. And um, so back to what you're saying. Absolutely. Stay engaged with your employees. And that to me comes down to leadership. And I don't think, I think that this is, again, my opinion. I think that anybody in a leadership position needs leadership training. Like Simon Sinek said, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. Leadership is a pursuit. You will never get to the point that you will wake up and be like, nailed it. I got this leadership <laughs> thing true. down. Yeah. Leadership is a pursuit and you're constantly working on it. And just like Maggie has goals that she's working on every year and improvements that she's working on, so do I. Same with Lainey, you know. And so I, I said that at our women's initiative last week. I said, Devin is my personal business coach because I need leadership training. Does Lainey work for you? Yes, and I get a lot of, well, she works for the firm, Dad, okay? Okay. And the other partners love to give, they're like, oh, Melissa, I'm sorry, I'm using your uh, employee. But we do a lot of proposals in Sentinel. We do a lot of marketing activity. We're yeah. a volume-based business. Mm-hmm. And when Lainey came to work for us, she was like, I want to be busy. And I will. I think I've successfully kept her busy. So she sits right outside my office, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's right there. So she gets, Lainey. Oh, she gets the Lainey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's a great sport, though. Lainey's great. Okay, so we're going to thank you, Dad, for coming on our podcast. You're welcome. Uh, and we, again, I feel like we could have talked a little bit longer. I feel like there was more stories I could have shared. But we always wrap up with things that make us happy. And it's funny that Maggie put hers on there, which is similar to mine. Things that make us happy. Yeah. Yours is live music. 
Yeah. Music is so makes me so happy. Yeah. It really is good. So mine is this particular song. It's food for the soul. I really hope other people know it. Do you know what song this is, Mike? But I know it from Bridesmaids. It doesn't matter where you know it from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think of that, too. So they played that at Carly's wedding, and Dad was trying to tell me goodbye. I just was like, hold on. And then I just started like... Oh, that's right. You and Megan started dancing. We were just dancing. This will have to wait. Yeah. Literally, hold on. Sorry, Wilson. Like, literally, hold on. (laughs) So anyway, thanks, Dad, for taking time out of your day. And uh, just a caveat here, guys. It is torrential downpour, mini hurricane. So you're going to hear some of that with the... With the audio. Um, And like I've always said, follow us on social media. If you're interested in being part of that book club app, we do need you to email or DM us with your email address because that's how I have to add people. So thanks, everyone. Hope you have a great week. Bye. Bye.